He's he, Jimmer. I was supposed to start. Where are you? Why? I don't know. Fine. Okay. All right. Fine. You start. He's Jimmer. He's Christian. Welcome back to Two PTs and, and a, a Bag, bag of, of Chips. chips. Today we've had to do an impromptu adjustment due to some unforeseeable circumstances related to automobiles. So rather than interviewing Mary Carey today, we're actually going to be going over greater trochanteric bursitis. That's quite the intro. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to review the Old Dutch Crunch Jalapeno and Cheddar flavored chip. Jalapeno. Jalapeno and cheddar. There you have it. So, <laughs> greater smell. trochanteric bursitis. It's a great diagnosis. It is the most common of the bursitis. 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 Bursitians. Bursitia. Bursitia. Most common of the bursite. Bursite. I like that. Uh, This is pain experienced on the outside of the hip, can be left or right. It is most common in individuals 60 and over. We do see it younger on occasion. On a Cajun? We ought, yeah, a Cajun, we should have done Cajun chips. Cajun ah, chips. what were we thinking? That would have been perfect. That would have made more sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a very common diagnosis, unfortunately. A lot of times if you have pain on the outside of the hip, people go like, oh, that's greater trochanteric bursitis. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, differential diagnosis often needed when you get a prescription for greater trochanteric bursitis because yeah. that is not always the case. But um, we see it a lot. You know, for people who who sit often and then stand up, they have stiffness in their in their pain or pain in their hip. Uh, the pain can travel down the side to the knee, almost looking like a like an iliotibial band issue. At times, it's pretty common in patients who are compensating for osteoarthritis in the hip. So, if you see somebody walking with that kind of lateral shift or lateral lean, that can create irritability. Yeah. Um, it's a it, I think a lot of times, just like with bursitis and tendonitis in other places in the body, it's a compensatory problem, right? Absolutely. You, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, other common kind of chronic conditions with it are, are sort of scoliosis or a leg length discrepancy are big ones. Uh, weakness in the hip musculature is, is, a, is a huge one just in general. And then, um, you know, OA and RA, which you kind of already mentioned yep. a little bit there. Overused people who all of a sudden have discovered the Stairmaster as a fantastic means of cardiovascular exercise. Yep. Any kind of loaded, like, upward mobility. So standing from a, from a couch or standing from a chair, getting out of the car, uh, first thing in the morning, stepping out of bed. These are, these are times when we see it. This is when it'll be most painful for a lot of individuals. And that can be bearable to some extent, and then it's no longer bearable after a period of time. We also see it, you know, walking, cycling, just people who stand for a long period of time, they'll tend to kind of pop one hip out. It's pretty common, or, or you'll see hip drop on one side, so one side kind of droops down versus the other. When it's in a more advanced stage, lying on your side will bring it on. Absolutely. So that's one of the biggest complaints that people will come in with. Yeah. I can't lie on my side anymore. Or if I try to sleep, it wakes me up yep. after a period of time. Absolutely. Uh, generally speaking, with this kind of issue, we see... Usually weakness uh, with the, the hip strength, uh, oftentimes that's kind of bilateral or, or sometimes it's unilateral. You also see, you know, usually some range of motion deficits in and around the hip. And obviously if somebody's got arthritic changes, that's going to reduce your hip motion to some extent. And that's why the prevalence sort of tends to increase pretty considerably as we, as we age a little bit there. For 
therefore with. with. I see where you're yeah, going. Yeah, that was classic. Classic. Uh, Treatment-wise, they often like to treat these with, with steroid injections in an older population almost before we see them here. Some people who have it relatively early onset can, can take manage it fairly quickly with just some, uh, you know, some home exercises, including, you know, balance work, strength work around, around the hips, uh, and also some sort of self-range of motion, maybe some, some light stretches. Yeah, if it's a true trochanteric bursitis, and if it's an acute trochanteric bursitis, responds really well to cortisone injections. That's usually not the case. Usually this is an ongoing problem. It's something that's kind of nagging. So there has to be an underlying cause for that bursa to start to get irritated and inflamed. In those cases, it may respond well to the injection. And then after a week or two, the pain returns. And uh, that's usually when we, when we end up seeing them, trying to diagnose what the underlying problem might be. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people manage it for a long period of time with, you know, over-the-counter anti-inflammatory medication, Advil, ibuprofen, whatever, that kind of stuff. And then to, uh, at a certain point, that just doesn't work anymore. And so those cases tend to, you know, take a little bit more time to get over the hump to feeling better. If you start to notice it, my suggestion would be, you know, come in sooner, get a good plan, and then start working on it right away rather than just letting it go and letting it go and letting it go. It just makes life a lot more difficult. Well, it makes diagnosing it a lot more difficult because the, the more pain you have, the more you start to compensate, the more issues might arise, or the better you become at hiding what the actual problem is. So the sooner you come in, and that's always the case, obviously, the easier it is to diagnose usually, and the easier the problem is resolved. Once we diagnose it, we can address, like Christian said, weakness. We can address capsular mobility in the hip. We can address general flexibility and motion patterning. So make sure that somebody is not favoring one side over the other. So it's usually a matter of stretching, exercises, and uh, the pain will gradually disappear. Again, like with a lot of injuries and diagnoses, if you have a problem for six months, it's not going to go away in four weeks, even with the proper treatment. Yep. I think that's uh, summed up pretty nicely, actually. Yeah. I think that's going to take care of it for greater trochanteric bursitis. Greater trochanteric bursitis. Welcome to the club. So now we're on to trivia time. The answer from last week's question, which was, the potato chip is an American invention. What city is known as the birthplace of potato chips? Stomped everybody, I Did stomp everybody. We got zero. We, we got very few attempts at an answer here. We got some of the big older cities, which wasn't right. Right, but, you know, you, you would think, sandwich cities like Chicago, Philly, potato chips kind of go with sandwiches. Yeah, we pretty much narrowed it down even last week. We told people it was in New York. Did we? Yeah. I must not have heard that. Oh, that's okay. Anyway, it was Saratoga Springs, New York. Not Florida. Is there a Saratoga Springs or is that Saragossa Springs? There's some. There's a lot of others. I think it's Sarah. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's in New York. It's in New York. Uh, the inventor... Uh, is a gentleman by the name of George Crum. He was a chef at a uh, upscale resort. As the story goes, he was sent fries back to the kitchen and told that they weren't crispy enough. So as a way to get back on this guy, he uh, sliced them as thin as possible, fried them as long as he could, and doused them in salt. The gentleman loved them, and the potato chip was born. Hence, therefore, with the birth of the potato chip, we're forever indebted to Mr. Crum, yes. I think. Uh, early on, they were known as the Saratoga Chip, uh, later becoming the Potato Chip and 
all of its varieties from there. Fantastic. It's a great story. Good find, Christian. Yeah. Uh, this week, the new question, the diary of a young girl is better known by what title? That's a good one, too. Yeah. Now, there should be some more guesses. This should have, this should have several mm-hmm. guesses. You guys should have some, some general idea. Yeah. It's a good book, by the way. If you haven't read it, you should read it and your kids should read it. It's a very, very good book. Chip time. The Old Dutch Crunch Jalapeno and Cheddar Chip. I'm starving. I'm getting a head start. Go ahead. This chip came in uh, with a chip tear ratio of 50%. Pretty, pretty solid. We've got the big bag here today. It's a unique flavor combination, right? Jalapeno and cheddar. I'm, uh, I'm getting neither. Crunchy chip. We're small. Is there? There's definitely a jalapeno now. There's jalapeno coming. That's oh, a late it, jalapeno. It almost looks more like a, like a, like a barbecue or a paprika, right? I mean, it looks that way. I'm not getting. I'm getting some heat, but I'm not getting any cheddar. Are you getting cheddar? No. I'm not getting cheddar either. I like the chip. I don't it's, smell cheddar. No. It's. It's not super spicy. No. Like some of the. The other jalapeno ones that we've had. Um, it's not bad. It's not good. It's it's one thumb. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say that. Sorry, you can say can we, we can both do a thumb, though, okay. right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. You get a vote, I get a vote. Or is a that thumb. how this works? Yeah. Democracy, that's what this is. Yeah. I love it. Everyone's yeah. entitled to their own opinion here. And their own thumb. Yeah, or as many thumbs as they like, up to three thumbs. Up to three. Yeah. So this is one thumb for me as well. Yeah. Not bad, but... Forgettable. No. I was kind of looking forward to Mary Carey's chips. I was, too. We, we, who knows what we were going to get there. One day we'll find out. Yeah, hopefully Ma- soon. Maybe next week. Pro- probably not. So we will plan on next week covering pain. Pain. Yes. That's a good one. And then we are going to review the kettle, sea salt, and pepper potato chip from Judy K. Thank you, Mrs. K. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, don't forget about the Fight for Air climb, which is uh, 52 stories, I believe, at Republic Plaza. Yeah, it's like something like 1,070 steps. It's going to be a lot. It's it's a lot, lot there's there's going to be some trochanteric bursitis. Probably after that. Yeah. Yeah. So we are on uh, Team Grover. We're uh, going to be looking to get going on March 3rd here. So anyone who's looking for more information on that, please... Please check out our website. We'll have all the links directly on the post there. And please donate. If you donate, we promise you a shout-out on our podcast. Oh, for sure. That would be smart. Yes. Genius maneuver there. Why not? We're definitely going to do that. So please donate. It's for a great cause. Team Grover, you can find it on uh, Facebook. You can find it on the American Lung Association website. Or if you can't find it, give us a holler and we'll tell you where to find it. Yep. It's all over. We'll have it on the Instagram again this week and the the Twitter for sure. So uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. We will talk to you next week. That's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.